Hi, my name is Rocky S., and I'm a compulsive overeater and a bulimic. And I came to OA probably close to um, 40 years ago. Uh, my abstinence date is uh, February 15, 1993. For about seven and a half years, I did nothing but screw up. <laughs> I did everything wrong, and I was bouncing in and out, just couldn't get it. Um, and uh, I was very blessed to run into some people who were really staunch big book bumpers. And um, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Um, anyway, I used to go to a meeting called How OA. Um, and they used a very specific weight and measured food plan, and you weren't supposed to drink alcohol um, also. No sugar, no alcohol. Uh, so anyway, um, I was disabled. I had um, a whole bunch of medical problems. I was in my mid-30s, and I was unable to drive because I'd lost most of my sight from a condition called pseudotumor cerebri. And so the only friend I had by this point, I chased everybody away in my life. And I need to qualify also that I'm an alcoholic. Um, so with my drinking and my binging and purging, I basically chased everybody out of my life. The only real friend I thought I had um, was the handy ride driver. In Dallas, if you're disabled, they used to send either a bus or a taxi to your house to take you to your destination, and they called that handy ride. And the only reason the handy ride driver liked me was because I would share my vodka with him. And we would stop on the way to the how meeting, um, and we would either stop at 7-Eleven or Sonic, and I'd get a big frozen drink, and then I would pour vodka in it, and I would buy one for the handy ride driver. And so I walked into the meeting, and it was a circle, like a circle, and there was probably 10 or 12 women there. It was at the uh, Dallas Metroplex um, intergroup office, and they had this real pretty blue carpet, you know, for business carpet or business office carpet. And I had this big old red uh, sloppy drink, and it was filled with um, vodka. And so I come walking in, and I got this big old black trench coat that I used to wear. And you know those glasses that cover your eyeglasses, those real big, dark sunglasses? I would always wear those. And I could barely see anything. And I noticed that there was one chair left in the circle, and it was across the room. And as I walked across the middle of the meeting to get to the chair, I tripped and fell. And this pink slot just went all over the carpet, this beautiful blue carpet. And you could smell the vodka. You could smell the sugar. And being who I was, um, being in denial, I looked up at the people in the room who were absolutely shocked and dismayed with me. 
And I smiled and said, well, it's (laughs) sugar-free. And all of them were just absolutely furious with me. And I could tell. And the one person who got up to help me with, you know, clean up the drink and clean myself up and, you know, get me into a chair was this woman that used to come to the meetings all the time. And she was Galway. She was a tiny woman. She taught aerobics and, and everything. And I used to call her the skinny D word. Um, And I thought the only reason she came to the meetings was to make fun of us. Anyway, she was the only one that helped me. After the meeting was over, or right before the meeting was over, our office manager or office worker at the time told me, come into the office after the meeting. I want to talk to you about something. And so I said, okay. Um, And so I thought he was going to give me a really hard time for filling this sugary, (laughs) booze-filled drink that had no place in an OA meeting, um, that he would get after me about it. And instead he told me, you've been coming for seven and a half years. And I said, I know, I'm really trying. He said, trying, I don't care about trying. Um, And he told me that I was selfish and self-centered. And until I got out of myself and did some service, I was never going to get abstinent. And the other thing he told me was, you're, you're a drunk, and you're never going to get abstinent unless you quit drinking. And so I started to cry and told him, well, I can't help it. I can't make it to an AA meeting. He said, oh, no, there's one in the morning, you know, and I know you have a handy ride bus pass. So they can take you there and bring you, you know, instead of bringing you home, they can bring you back here, and you can come work in the office in the morning for me. And he said, do you know where all the meetings are? Because before you lost your sight, you used to go to all of these different meetings. And I was so scared of that guy. His name was Bill B. He's no longer with us. Um, I did it. You know, I was just scared. But I was so grateful. Um, After about six months of going to the meeting and helping at the office answer the phone. That was all that was required of me in the beginning. Um, I started to feel better. I would go in there sometimes and Bill would be there and I'd start telling him how I had all these medical problems and I, you know, I was an artist and I couldn't see and, you know, all this stuff. And I, wah, 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 you know, um, in AA they go, You know, pour me, pour me, pour me another drink. Well, that was me. And um, he would just tell me, did you do your gratitude list? And I'd look at him and say, I wake up in so much pain and this and that. I I don't remember to do it. And he would tell me, put your glasses under the bed. When you're down there on your knees, you might as well thank God for waking up on this side of the dirt and you can do your gratitude list. And um, I... But, you know, it's like, well, what do I have to be grateful for? You know, I have all these problems. I'm fat and nobody loves me and I can't see and, you know, all this stuff. And he would tell me, I don't care. Say, A, I'm grateful for apples. B, I'm grateful for bananas. C, I'm grateful for cantaloupe. I don't care what it is. Just use the ABCs. You have something to be grateful for if you woke up on this side of the dirt. Um. And so the reason that Bill B. wanted me to come in there and answer the phone 
in the morning was because he wanted to go to a place called Operation Rescue here in Dallas, and it's a no-kill shelter. And he would go there, and he would clean out dog and cat cages in the morning and, and walk the dogs. Um, Bill B. was a very unique person. He'd lost over 400 pounds. Um, he was disabled also. He had been a machinist, and his hands got caught in the machine. He lost all of his fingers. So he knew what it was like to be disabled, and I could not pull one over on him. And I'm grateful for him. Um, so I start, you know, he just, I told him, well, I can't read the big book. I can't see it. You know, he ordered one in large print for me. And he also got the big book and the 12 and 12, because back then we, we didn't have, um, you know, uh, literature yet. I forget what year it was that we got our 12. It was first the 12 steps and then the 12 and 12. And so we would use AA's literature. And we um, and we had the little for today um, reader that you could do in the morning. So uh, yeah, he he would not take any of my moaning and groaning. So I was very grateful to him. And he was right. I was never going to get better until I stopped drinking. I did that. I was never going to get better until I, you know, did some service work. As long as I focused on me and was so ungrateful, um, my depression didn't lift. I stayed overweight, kept gaining more weight, um, and I was a very sad person. So I'm very grateful to Bill B. One of his sponsees was the Skinny Bee, and um, she ended up being my sponsor, and I found out her life was very much like mine, and she could really help me. She's been my sponsor now for I don't know, 32 years or 33 years, and I'm grateful to her. Um, and she was far from what I thought she was. Um, you know, she was a very lovely woman, very compassionate, and she didn't take guff from me. When I started feeling sorry for myself, she would tell me, you know, move on. That's enough of that. Just move on. And she'd refer me to a page in the book to read. So it looks like it's getting... Kind of, oh, no. All right. I got a few more minutes. So anyway, I um, did everything in the beginning wrong. I got the wrong sponsor. I wrote out this big, lengthy four-step. Um, I sat down and told it to her. And after several hours, she looked at me and said, is that all? And I said, yeah. She said, okay. And she got up and walked away. She didn't give me any feedback. We didn't pray together, none of that stuff. And so I was in tears. I went, it was on a Friday, and I told Bill B. what happened um, on Monday. But I went home that Friday afternoon, and I cried the whole weekend. And the promise in the big book says that, um, you know, after we finish our fourth and fifth step, we're going to feel connected to people and um, start to have a spiritual experience. And I did not feel that way at all the first time I gave away my fourth step. So I went back and told Bill B. how upset I was that this woman didn't, he said she didn't respond to anything. She didn't share anything about her own life. I said, no, and we didn't pray together or anything. 
he just looked at me and said, well, just like everything, Rocky, you do everything wrong at least once. So I want you just to get a new sponsor. And he recommended that I get Nancy as my sponsor. And so I took my fourth step to Nancy, and it was amazing. I got to know her really well. I shared the stuff out of my fourth step, and every time I would share something, she'd chuckle and say, yeah, this is what happened in my life, you know. There's no reason to feel ashamed. That's something that's common among us, you know, things like that, um, you know, the things I did with food um you know, things like that. And there was some other family abuse issues that we had in common, all kinds of stuff. And so when I finished doing my fifth step with Nancy, I did get those promises. Um, let me see. I had them. Okay. Um, they're on page oh, – what page is it? That's not it. That's the um, – Yeah. Uh, on the top of page 63 in that first paragraph, um, it says, We had a new employer being all-powerful. He provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs, and more and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, we enjoyed peace of mind. As we discovered um, we could face life successfully, as we be- became con- um, conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. We were reborn. And those are the third step promises. And let me get the fourth step, fourth and fifth step ones. Um, Where the heck did I had a mark? Anyway, it talks about, you know, feeling at peace with ourselves um, and uh, and a feeling a part of, of life. And, you know, suddenly we were having that, um, feeling, that feeling that we belonged. And so after I did that fifth step with Nancy, all of those things came true. And I wasn't so afraid to move on. All of the steps, you know, when Bill confronted me about my selfishness and fear and um, refusing, you know, and self-pity, and he told me I was never going to get well if I didn't do something about it. A lot of people don't like people who do stuff like that. I needed someone to tell me that. I really did. I I don't begrudge Bill B for being honest with me because I probably would have been dead had he not let me have it between the eyes and tell me how selfish I was. Um, it's real easy when you're chronically ill to, you know, to get caught up in all of that. And while I have a reason to eat. Well, Gentle reminder, you have five minutes remaining. Okay. You know, I have a reason to do all this stuff. So, um, Yeah. And so the idea of doing service, I love that OA tells us that, you know, we sponsor people up to the level of our own recovery. So the group that I was in, after you finished your third step, you started food sponsoring people and helping people. Um, You know, once you finished your fourth and fifth step, you could help people through that, you know. 
I've done all 12 steps several times. I don't know how many people I've sponsored over the years. But every time I work through the book with somebody, I learn something new. And it just amazes me. I'm so grateful to this program and the people in it. Um, I have lost 100 pounds. I have gotten my sight back. Um, I feel a part of something. Um, When I first started, I didn't think that I would enjoy meetings. I thought, I'm going to do this, do the diet, do the paperwork, and then a year from now I'll be gone. Um, And one of the first things Nancy taught me was, no, keep going to meetings all the time. Um, And do it until, you know, do it till you get sick of going to it. And then you keep doing it till you enjoy going to them. You look forward to them. And um, that's what happened to me. I do enjoy my meetings. I enjoy my group. I've um, made wonderful, wonderful, I call them my precious sister friends. Um, I've had a spiritual awakening. So um, my whole view on spirituality has changed. That was one of the other things I want to tell you. Nancy told me I could recite Bible chapter and verse, the whole catechism from the church that I was raised in, all of that stuff. And she looked at me and said, Rocky, if you have such a great relationship with God, what are you doing here? I went home and cried. But I cried because I knew she was right. And she told me that the steps would help to change that relationship. And, um, you know, I was afraid to do that. I thought that the way I was raised was the way it was supposed to be. Um, My relationship with my higher power is so much different. Um, And each day it gets, you know, stronger and more enlightening. And with that, I'm going to close. Thank you so much, Rocky. Um, Would you like to leave your telephone number? I haven't turned off the recording yet. Yes, my name is Rocky, R-O-C-K-Y, and my last initial is S as in Sam, and my phone number is 469-547-1367, and it is a landline. You cannot text me there. Which time zone is it? It's in the central time zone. I'm in Dallas, Texas. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to turn the recording off. Yeah, people.